This is the Ed Milet Show. All right, welcome back to Max Out, everybody. My guest today needs no introduction. You know, there's this list of people you all demand to have on the show, and there's this running list of three or four people that come up every single time. People have wanted to see Gary and I together. And uh, finally, it's happening in a very interesting time. So my guest today is Gary D. Gary, thank you for being here, brother. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Probably the most influential entrepreneur in the world when it comes to digital and social media. And I think one of the reasons that I enjoy you and your content, because I'm a grown man, I'm almost 50 years old, you're a grown man. I see your heart, bro, more than just your brilliance. Uh, you're obviously got so much experience and so much brilliance, but that's not, I, and I appreciate that, but it's your heart. I see how much you care about the people that you interact with, whether it's just on the street or at one of your events. That's what I think makes you special. It's what I hope I have as well. But speaking of that, you're right in that lane right now with this all-in challenge during this time. We're, we're recording this, everyone, during the corona crisis, if you're listening or watching at this time. So it's, it's gone all over the planet. I mean, I just looked this morning. Joe Montana's in now, right? There's all these. Yep. So tell us about it. What's going on with that? Michael Rubin, who's also a big-time entrepreneur, very successful, part owner of the Sixers, founder of Fanatics.com, uh, good friend, started it. Two days in, he's like, wait, this could be really big. Reaches out, says, hey, you want to be a part of this? I'm like, yes. Um, so me and the Vayner Media machine from a marketing standpoint got behind it. Basically what it is, is we've reached out to, you know, celebrities, athletes, um, you know, people of culture who we think can demand, uh, a real big, uh, check. Very honestly, we have a humongous ambition. Um, you know, when you're trying to, you know, what, what, taking it even a step back before I go into what it is, there's a real issue right now with the food supply chain in America. There's a lot of people hungry. People take for granted how people get fed in this country. And so you've got a lot of kids who rely on school lunch. You've got a lot of elderly that reply, rely on wheels on meals on wheels and things of that nature. So, you know, no, no, no kid hungry feeding America, uh, America's food fund and others are the, are the beneficiaries hundred percent by this. Uh, what happens when, when, uh, Justin Timberlake and Bill Murray are willing to play golf with you in Pebble Beach and have dinner. What does that go for in an auction? Mark Cuban put up, you actually signing, this is something for you and I, Ed, actually, <laughs> actually signing a one-day NBA contract and actually being put in the game. Oh, what? Yes. Oh, like, shit. last five seconds, like, you know, like, like, like just like real crazy stuff. Uh, I'm trying wow. to think of something. I didn't know that. Leo DiCaprio and Scorsese putting you in their film, and you get to have a speaking line. So as of Saturday morning, we just crossed the $10 million mark. We've raised $10 million in less than a week. Uh, we're really excited about it. And you can get in for 10 bucks a raffle ticket and you can get in for some of the baller stuff. So please check that out. Where exactly do they go, Gary? Allinchallenge.com. Okay, allinchallenge.com. You guys, I, I've never seen anything like this. Stuff is unbelievable. And if you don't have the cheddar to you know, drop the big number on the deal, get some raffle tickets and get involved in it too. Because you're making a difference in this time Ed, where so many Ed, people are hurting. Co-host the Ellen Show with Ellen. You know what I like? I like that there's going to be a lot of people that get it. You know, be in Meg Thee Stallion's music video, hang out with Drake all day, like get flown on his airline. Like Justin Bieber will fly to your home and serenade you. This is real. These are like, we're not joking right now. Like, 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 you know, there's just such, be on the cover of Sports Illustrated. 
Uh, you get to ha- you probably know this from your man Michael Strahan. Full day with him. Yep. Spend the whole day with him. This is the single greatest experience and item auction maybe of all time. Oh no, of all time, no of question. Of all time, and yeah. so and it's still happening. The Migos, Tony Hawk. You know, I'm just looking at it right now. Pink. You know, like being Kevin Hart's movie. Like uh, this one will resonate for a lot of people. You know, make a TikTok with you know Charlie and Dixie D'Amelio. Like so, there's like real interesting stuff. Um, and so it, it's a really great cause. I'm really, I'm actually pretty interesting. I'm on the board of Charity Water and Pencils of Promise. I'm, I'm very comfortable self-promoting. I'm very comfortable promoting my businesses. I've historically up to this point been quite quiet when it comes to my nonprofit work. Even occasionally back in the day, like somebody called me out and I met them at a Starbucks and showed them my tax return because I wanted the kid to learn that like people are keyboard warriors. You know, Ed, let's, let's transition. We'll go back to All In Challenge later to remind yeah. everybody because I really want everybody's listening on. But let's transition. Knowing your audience, knowing mine, we're about to go through the greatest era of exposing fake entrepreneurs because we were just living in it. And that's not a raz. Yeah. It's just a reality. You're, I'm, I, the call I just had right before you was looking at a business which is direct-to-consumer business, you know, that looks like it's dominating on Instagram. The founder looks like she's dominating I just look, they're out of business next week and I'm looking at potentially buying it, right? So we're, we're, what's really interesting is just like charity work, just like politics, just like anything else, we've lived through this incredible era of keyboard warriors, yep. right, Ed? And so, you know, we have the benefit. We got lucky. The 22-year-old versions of us probably would have been keyboard warriors at some level as well. But this all kind of popped off after we did things and yep. learned things. And so... You know, I'm, I'm hopeful. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of bad going on. The deaths are undescribable through this. We've lost 22 million jobs in four weeks, which is how many we've gained since the Great Recession in 2010 to 2020. So everything that we've gained through this crazy era from a job standpoint has been given back. And so, it's, listen, it's going to be an interesting time. Over Let me ask next- you about that, Please. Gary. Stay on Please. that. One of the things... First off, I completely agree with you, the exposure of the fake entrepreneur because we just came out of that space. One of the things I love watching of yours is the retro stuff. You go back to 08, you've said something, boom, here it is today. Neither one of us have a crystal ball. Neither one of us are certain about this. But I know people want to know what you think we're going into. Are we going into a quick recession, do you think? Do you think it's a, yes. a extended depression? I think it's a, it's a recalibration. Hmm. Honestly, my biggest hope and why I want to get loud and – you know, and I want others to get loud about is like, let's get out of this more humble and more practical. Mm-hmm. You know, let, let's, let's do that. Let's, let's like, like, you don't need, you, listen, Ed, you know this and you run in these circles, uh, you know, that's how I'm aware of you. Like, and, and I watch everything and you watch everything. People watch everything. Like, <laughs> we, you know, alpha male winners love to flash. It's a, sub, yes. you know, it's leverage for girls. It's leverage for fun. It's like, you know, I, I, and listen, I, I don't, you know, a lot of my friends are like, stop demonizing Lambos. And I'm like, I'm not demonizing it. Right. But there's children who are watching who are going to go into really sad places. Mm-hmm. They're going to do, they're going to do bad things to themselves or others because they're going to thirst it so much. And when they get there, they're not going to like it as much as they think. They're not. It's one of the things that's very similar about you and I, I think maybe a little bit of his experience because we're both done very well financially. And I tell that line, man, it's hard for me too, because I don't want to poo-poo somebody who wants to someday have a jet. Like if that's something you think you want to aspire to and that's a benchmark. That's you. 
great, but I gotta, yeah. I, I know because I have one and yep. I don't flash it that I'm telling you straight up, if you think that's going to fill some bucket of happiness within you, you are way off the mark, like maybe for a week, you know, and then, or that Ferrari or whatever it is. And I love that about your content. It's difficult because I think sometimes take people take you and I so literally about that fact, like, well, then why achieve anything? That's not what we're saying. And, and I think I started talking about it loud and aggressively during a time where that was the counter to everything yeah. that was going on. So it was interesting. I was curious what was going to happen. I really, I really felt some sort of weird, it was a really weird, like I could feel it bubbling up a couple of years ago. I'm like, fuck, I need to do this. Mm-hmm. I also knew it was going to like not land like with yeah. a lot of people. Um, I knew it was also going to put some pressure on some of my friends and acquaintances. Right. It's every. My big thing is this, you could have anything you want, first of all, because who am I or who's anybody else? Do you, comma, just ask yourself why. Are you so insecure that you need the logo of the BMW or the table at a club or what, do you need that for affirmation of others or do you actually enjoy actually the taste of alcohol the the speed of a car the you know um you know it's funny i even have to be careful the other way i would almost overcorrect it and st- like like i'm pr- subconsciously on purpose didn't fly private a couple yeah. of years ago ever and then i just started becoming that became stupid because it wasn't practical for the value of my time you know what's funny you say that i had a really i had a really interesting experience i want to tell you because you're so right I thought for a long time, this isn't part of my identity. I like it because the car is nice or whatever. And I was about 40 and I flew into Atlanta and I had to get a rental car. There was nothing but beaters left. Yep. And I got in this kind of beater rental car and I'm driving. And I realized in that moment, I felt, I, I, this is no joke. I'd done pretty well. I'd made some money and I'm in this car and my self-confidence, honestly, in my body was mm. lower was lower. I understand. I I went, that. You idiot. You've literally tied some of your self-esteem to what all these other people think about what you're driving. One second after you've driven by, they can't see you anymore. And it was a wake up call. Even for me, Mr. Evolve, Mr. Give mm-hmm. people advice. I'm like, even you. We all have that. We all have that. No, one of the greatest things about getting some attention and admiration is I didn't, I'm not worried about that part because I'm in a fucking cocoon. And I think, I think, you know, even kind of like jamming for three minutes before this, like, you know this about me, like I'm a little bit weird in comparison to everybody. I'm a little bit in my own fucking weird cocoon, you know, and, and, but even for me, um, you know, like realizing that I wasn't candorous enough, like that my, I was like, what is my flaw? Cause I'm like, fuck you. Like, you know, things yeah. start happening. I, I like countering, I like always staying in the middle. So like as soon as things started really popping off two or three years ago, I'm like, okay, fuck you, dude. Like I understand you're on the verge of like everybody thinking you're the best. Why don't we actually take this energy and go the other way? What do you suck at? And the reality is I lacked candor. I hate negativity and, t- and tension so much that as a leader in my company, I would be around the bush when somebody sucked. That blows really, my mind. That blows Ed, mind. you took the words out of my fucking mouth. When people work at Vayner, they're stunned how soft the culture is because I, it, you know, back to how you open this, a lot of people listening right now, even when we started this interview, actually don't like me because I have a lot of aggressiveness in my content. Plus I poke at zits, right? I poke at things that people don't want me to poke at. So I understand why. You then, I think I've done a better job. That is just the truth. But I also think over time it becomes more obvious. 
you know, I'm so humbled by you saying your humanity, your heart. I think that's become a little bit more obvious at scale. It's extremely obvious to the thousand people that work at Boehner, so much so, and this is devastating, because for my audience, I think I'm incredible at accountability. But at Boehner, I would argue six, seven years ago, I created 70, like it wasn't 50-50, accountability and, you know, and merit and kindness and all, like it was 70 to like, to, to the lack of accountability, over coddling, because I love being a leader and I'm like, fuck it, I'm gonna put it on my back. I wasn't micromanaging, but all of the driven stress, which then for upper middle management became cush. Yes. And it was kindness, it was kindness over results. That's when I released something called the Honey Empire. Yes. So I started talking about that internally. And over the last 18 months, I've done a lot better. And I'm really excited to be the 50, 54, 64-year-old version of me because what I have to worry about is actually not being over-coddling, which on my content, I'm a dominant force on candor and bring a lot of people like, quote-unquote, the tough love. In the people I manage directly, so indirectly, on a podcast with you, on stage, I can go that route. Yeah. Directly, one-on-one, it breaks my heart too much. I don't give a fuck about money enough and so I go into kind of therapist kind yeah. older brother over coddler so it's been really fun you know when you say and I appreciate you sharing which inspired me to share right now you're like fuck I'm my I've never had that like I'm like I'm zero at that like my want to own anything to flex on somebody to create a perception is zero because my my external validation meter through by the way pure luck like let's call it is when my parents had sex and how my parents raised me and where I was raised right like pure luck circumstantial but but I'm so grateful and I think back to high school my ability to be friends with the most popular kids and the biggest nerds my best friend who runs wine library Brandon Warnicky was far from popular in high school and and I and I left popularity on the table in high school because I needed to be friends with Brandon and I would argue high school maybe the single hardest half decade to kind of have that level of humility so like real life now piece of cake I don't need to walk into the club and have a watch or a necklace or what have you first of all that was never part of my culture I just worked every day but even the once to the blue moon scenarios were that I used to go to jet games and because I had so many buddies that wanted to go to jets game I used to trade my good seats literally go to my good seats give the people uh we would go up to the upper deck for big games because my friends couldn't afford it at the time and I would go with my good seats and try to trade with the people that were sitting there because we wanted to sit I'd rather sit together with my friends in the upper bowl than and that's just always who I've been so that comes natural so anyway that's the energy I'm trying to bring because what Instagram has done is it's amplified truth. Instagram hasn't fucked us. Social media hasn't fucked us. It's exposed us. Mm-hmm. We've always wanted to look the part versus be the part. That's, that's why people bought homes that are bigger and cars that are bigger and clothes that are bigger. Long before there was social, you cared for your neighbor to see that you had a Mercedes when they had a Toyota. Like mm-hmm. that's always been the case. Yes. And I want people to be, I want people to get out of that fucking mindset. Well, the reason I'm glad you say that because I think people that just scroll through social or would see you, uh, and probably me at some points too, wouldn't know that. And what's interesting, because you and I know a bunch of successful entrepreneurs, and this is a great lesson. The cutthroat, do it for show, do it for flash, or even beat other people type entrepreneur all the time, uh, they don't always sustain success. The people that I know that have had success over decades, that have won the long game, have an approach more like what you've just described. They, they have empathy, they have concern for people, they care. 
I ironically too, I'm this sort of intense dude. I am the worst still to this day at one-on-one -on -one confrontation. I'm okay on stage. I can kind of blow up a room. But what if me and you, and I got to go, hey, I'm disappointed in you. You, you're, you know, you're, it's the value. It's the, it's, it's the, it, you know, I used to think it was the value of money. Now I've realized it comes at the cost of the other A players. So I've changed my tune a little bit more. I didn't mind that it came out of my cost. Because I'm just so grateful for my process. I'm, you know, I'm starting to realize, oh my God, I'm way more obsessed with the process than I am with the trophies that come from it. Like, I always wish that I was given the, there's a part of me that always wishes that I had the athletic ability because I would have been a Hall of Fame athlete. I just know it. It's the obsession of the, the game. What about your work ethic, Gary? If we went back to the 25-year-old you, I've always yes. wanted, to, wanted this about you. You and I, our content lines up very similarly, except we nuance one thing differently. Please. And I, I want to talk about it. Please. So 25-year-old um, Gary. So here's, I look at you, and I'm going to ask you about time management in a minute too, but That's I look right. at you, you have a big life. Your life is big. And, and you're, I, I, people at Nobles will say, hey, man, sometimes it's a five-minute meeting for them. I'm like, that's so ironic. I run four-minute meetings because it's just like there's only so many hours in a day. we got to get to the point. It's not that I don't want to hear from you. It's like i got to create a culture of this too of speed and, and efficiencies. Yes. So I look at you, and one of the things, I just deduce things I see in people. I go, that's why, that's why, that's why. The number one thing with you is your, your empathy and kindness and concern for people. Number two thing I notice God-given and worked on talent to articulate. Let's just be yes. real. There's yeah, this yeah. Thoughts come from this brain through that mouth. It's a gift or a talent. I'd like to think I have some of that too. I see that. The next thing I see, work ethic. I see a dude who's busting it. I know that you're not putting on Instagram when you're napping, but I'm watching your life. It's a big life. If I went back to the 25-year-old guy working a mom and dad's business, if you were still there then, same thing, like just crazy. Yeah, I'll, break it, I'll, yeah, I'll break it down for you. That's the year 2000. I get out of school in May of 98 and 2000. So 2000 was a huge year because May of 98, I come in. So since 14, I go into the dad's liquor store at 14. At 17, 18, 16, 17, 17. At 17, I'm like, I'm gonna do this. I hate school. I love my fucking parents more than breathing. I'm gonna go in there. I'm gonna fucking build a monster. Now, this is... 1996, oh, this is actually, excuse me, this is 1993. Family businesses in 1993 looked like this. I'm gonna go work for my dad, build a $100 million business, this is kind of what I'm thinking, and one day he'll die and I'll inherit it. Yeah. Slash, I'm gonna go in there, I'm gonna fucking dominate, build a huge monster, and then maybe I'll bounce at some point, start my own thing. Okay. So, so, 20-year-old Gary is now super pent up, right? Because like, you know, uh, let me give you, I'm going to really give it to you, Ed, because I, first of all, I'm obsessed with how well you mapped those three data points. So kudos to you, because that's, that's super uncomfortably on. 19-year-old uh, um, Gary is calling his mom from Mount Ida College, shit college. I'm playing Madden all day and just fucking hustling in like the hood college I'm in. And I call my mom at, you know, 11 p.m. once every nine months. So one, you know, three times every two years crying about, I can't go into dad's business because nobody will give me credit because I'm a superstar. And if I start here, I'll never get the credit I deserve, even though I know what I'm going to do, mom. At that point, I knew what I was going to do. I'm going to come build a huge business for dad and I'm going to start over. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, that was real hard for me. And, yeah. and still to this day, when people don't know my story, 
which once, you know, and I like clarifying it because it's important for me. I go into this business, I build it from a three to $60 million business, no credit line, no cash infusion, grinding, you know, no internet, no, like just different. I mean, it was internet, but it was a different fucking internet than it is now. Um, and, and then I leave at 34, I never pay myself, more, I think one year there was a hundred, a little, a little over a hundred thousand a year, but don't forget for an executive that took something from three to 60 million, uh, the first three, four, five years were 30, 40, 50,000 ranges. Um, I live in a $1,800 a month apartment the whole time, mm. right? Uh, or at least, excuse me, until I was 29, I save up money. I, I then get to this place where I'm, I'm 31, 32. I realize the internet's coming. I have like a, I have like three, four, I'm 31, 32 years old. I'm making 90,000 a year. I built a 40, at that point, a $50 million business and I have $400,000 in savings. I, I put all those savings into Tumblr, Facebook and Twitter stock, all of it. Mm. Um, and then I start VaynerMedia at 34 and in a conference room of another company because I couldn't afford rent because I had no money um, and with my brother. So, so 25, so first of all, that's just important because yes. so many people listening right now are 28 and are way ahead of where I was, are 32 and way ahead of where I was. Okay. So it speaks to what you can do in a decade if you fucking got it. 25 year old me, super pent up to prove to the world, most likely myself though, that I'm as good as I am. I just got done with my first full year of running the company. We went from three to like 8.9 million in a blast. And now I'm in year two. Now I'm really in it. 18 months fully, obviously through college and high school, I was in the store, but now I'm the fucking guy. Yep. And I'm a fucking machine. 7 a.m. in the store, leave at uh, 10 p.m. every night, 7 a.m. to 10 p.m. every night, Monday through Saturday. Mm. Uh, no going out, no girlfriend. Um, Sunday, sleep till like fucking noon, go to my parents' house, talk business. In the fall, watch the Jets. In the not fall, hang out with my little brother and my sister. Um, 100% 1940s immigrant family man kind of world. Every day, 7 to 10 p.m., every day, every day, every single day of my 25, every day. Hey guys, as you know, I'm always very careful to have anybody that I endorse on the program, any product, and I'll only do it if it's something that I use myself and especially if I think it can make a difference for you. And when I think it can make that kind of a difference, I kind of feel obligated to do it. And so in this case, I want to talk to you about Omax CryoFreeze. And let me tell you why. Living with chronic pain is the worst. Any of you that had to do that, living with any pain is no fun. It's more of a feeling of just having discomfort. It can affect your entire life. Many of my listeners have had some types of pain, whether it's prevented them from relaxing or sleeping, stopped them from exercising. None of it is good and none of it is fun. Perhaps for some of you, it's been going on for a few weeks and it hasn't improved with any of the treatments you've tried. And I know that was the case with me. As many of you know, I had a significant leg injury and I suffer from some severe leg and back pain from time to time. And that's where Omax Health has come in big time for me. Omax CryoFreeze. If you're looking to get rid of nagging muscle and joint pain immediately, while providing long-lasting recovery, then you need to try the natural breakthrough pain solution relief. It's called CryoFree CBD Roll-On, developed by Omax Health. It's non-prescription, triple-action pain relief, and the Roll-On is specially formulated to block pain receptors. And, and by the way, guys, it works. My dad's used it. He's told me what a difference it's made for him as well. It reduces inflammation. It improves muscle and joint flexibility. 
And the best part of it, it's 100% natural, CBD-powered remedy, works its magic within about 10 minutes of application, and the relief can be up to eight hours, much longer than most of the over-counter products that you'll find. And I just got to tell you, like I told you, for me, with my back pain and my leg pain, it's made a huge difference for me. And my dad as well. My dad called me a few weeks ago and said, I've been using this product that I know that you use. It's made a huge difference. How do I get more of it? And so I know it makes a difference because it's done it for people in my own family. So Omax Health is offering my listeners 20% off a full bottle of cryo-free CBD pain relief roll-on, plus free shipping is included as well. This discount also applies towards any product site-wide. So if you go on there, there's other things you like. The same discount applies. Just go to omaxhealth.com, omaxhealth.com today and enter the code MYLETT, M-Y-L-E-T-T. Again, M-Y-L-E-T-T is your code. That's omaxhealth.com, enter the code MYLETT, M-Y-L-E-T-T, to get the 20% off the cryo-freeze and everything on the site. And I got to tell you, if you're still not sold on it, all kinds of professional athletes use it. My buddy Kyle Stanley plays on the PGA Tour. Uh, he uses cryo-free CBD to recover both on and off the course. And go look at the product reviews. I got like 95% five-star reviews page. And in this space, that's incredibly rare. So the product works. So if you do have pain or chronic pain, I think this is a viable solution for you. And I kind of felt compelled to at least make you guys aware of what I've been using and people of my family have been using. So Omax cryo-freeze is so good. Most people I know are buying it for their friends and family on top of buying it for themselves. So anyone from a professional athlete to someone like my dad who's a grandfather can benefit from this immediate pain relief. If you have pain that won't go away, then you qualify for Omax CryoFreeze. All you got to do is roll it on where it hurts and ice out the pain. There's no messy creams, no terrible smells or fragrances, some of these other things. And like I said, CryoFreeze works in like 10 minutes of application it helps you improve your physical training, recovery, performance. So again, everybody, last time, go to omaxhealth.com and enter the code MYLETT, M-Y-L-E-T-T, to get 20% off cryo-freeze and everything else on the site. I think you guys will thank me for it later. Max out. Sleep to new, 11 a.m. Sunday, garage sale, and go to flea markets on sa- as a side hustle on Saturday for fun or Sunday for fun because I liked it, or watch the Jets, or go to my parents' house an hour away from my apartment at that point, 45 minutes away to hang out and talk business to set up the next week every day. That is literally my entire life. So when people now are like, oh, I hustle, yet like, like I get it, but it's by their standards. It is not by immigrant, you know, bal- and I like that people have balanced lives. I think that's great. That's just my answer to who 25-year-old me was. Okay, so it goes right to what I want to ask you. So uh, you just, just uh, people look at me sometimes, and I don't, I'm not being self-deprecating either. I'm 49 next week. And oftentimes, I think people, I, I look at least my age or older. And I say sometimes, I think one of the reasons I look a little bit older is my 20s resemble yours. Like, it probably aged me a little bit. It probably experienced me a little bit. Like, there were no vacations, right? Same thing. Difference, I got a little bit better financial reward earlier than you. Yeah, what, wow. were, you do- what were you about? I was hustling every single day, and I was building my financial company then. And then I was yep. building my real estate businesses. And I'm just, same thing. Sun up to when people were already been asleep for three or four hours, six days a week, sometimes half days, Sundays, for a decade. And what I want to ask you about, because so many things we say are similar, except this one point. I want to hear the nuance of it. When I get a 25-year-old guy who asks me, hey, I want to be somebody, I want to win. My answer is typically that, hey, you have to have patience because it may not happen now, but you got to get after it. 
And yep. so, and I think that that's what would I, that's what I was doing. That's what you were doing. That's what Zuckerberg was doing. That's what Cuban was doing. That's what LeBron was doing. But sometimes when I hear you say it, I feel like what I'm hearing, and maybe it's a soundbite, is no, don't. No, I know where you're. I know where you're going. Yeah. Keep going. Keep going. Yeah, don't worry about it. Travel to Europe. You'll get your life is long. I'll explain. I'll explain. Life I'll explain. is long. Yeah. Okay. I'll explain. I'm scared. When you and I were doing it, entrepreneurship was not cool, Ed. Yeah. Yeah. What you're, what you're hearing in that nuance, brother, is concern. The concern that a ton of fucking people want to be it now and aren't it. So I think people have now aspired to be an entrepreneur when they're not. And those are the people that are going through depression, are suicidal, are unhappy because they're in a game that doesn't match them. So when I say that, it leads, I'm playing chess. It's never a one size fits all. I want to see what the person says next. Mm. I'm looking for the tell. Mm. Got mm. it, brother? Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, you know, well, listen, don't, don't overstress. You got patience. Your 20s is a good high risk, high reward time. If it's in you, like, if you said that to me, if Gary said to Gary, yo, go to Europe, go this, I'd be like, fuck you. Right, me too, me too. Well, yeah. that's what I'm looking for. Okay. Because when the kid says, yeah, you're right. I'm like, uh-huh. Yeah. I couldn't fucking, okay. and I, cu- I couldn't breathe. Yeah. And I couldn't breathe. Yeah. I had to, I had to do it every second. I couldn't breathe. Mm-hmm. This is on, when you're a natural purebred, you're in Beyonce, LeBron, pa- Pablo Picasso category. You're an artist. Yeah. You're an artist. There was no choice. I'm not doing this for the fucking flex or the gram or the money or the house or the jet or the, I don't want a single thing. I don't want to be part of any exclusive club. I don't need an island. I don't need a house. I fucking need the game. Yeah. I need the fucking game. You know, it's funny. I thought, brother, that's my favorite thing probably ever been said on here. (laughs) Thank you. And the reason is, is that I live it. And I, 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 I had a really successful dude tell me when I was young because I was going crazy and he was crazy. He was in his 50s. His name was also Ed. I'll never forget it. He's passed away since. And he goes, hey, man, it's never going to go away. It's never going to go away. And I look at... I look you ready at, for this? You ready for this? Yeah. I think it's stronger in me now. Now I'm like, fuck it. Now I'm like, I want a statue. I want, I want, a, I want National Entrepreneur Day to be a stay-at-home holiday on November 14th because that was my birthday. I'm like, fuck it. Mm. Mm. I, I want it more now. I'm more ambitious. I'm more hungry now. That's the truth. That's not some midlife crisis thing for all the 20 year olds. If you're, if you're like me, you'll remember this fucking interview and be like, fuck, he's right. It's true. I'm yeah. hungrier. Yeah, it is true. It's become more of a fabric of who I am. There's momentum in my life. Just like you've got momentum. People, people also underestimate the power of momentum. Like I you- agree. You get your life going. It magnifies everything you've got going around you. Every year, the, the, the best baseball team doesn't win the World Series. Sometimes it's the hottest ball pick. Oh, you, uh, you, you, I love you for that analogy. Literally. Literally. You know what's crazy right now? We're, we're talking right now in the background. It just popped up. Just popped up in the background. The 2008 uh, AFC Championship game. Patriots, uh, Chiefs, who obviously I hate the Pats with all my heart. But <laughs> – that was a game of momentum. The, the Pats just scored. They're up 14 nothing now in this game. I think they went up like 21 nothing. They were up huge. They had all the momentum in the first half. Then the Chiefs had all the momentum in the second half. For people not to understand that the easiest comp is sports to life on this, it is pure momentum. I couldn't agree with you more. You know what I love to think about, Ed? The things we said no to that were actually the trigger to a hotter, to a streak, to a heater, that we said, I, I, I hope that heaven is where it shows you 
what life would have been based on choices. I love that I didn't go to some night where at night would have been these two people that would have made this deal with me. Like, I love knowing that like momentum is based on choice, that I've missed momentum many times in my life and that I've gotten momentum many times in my life. And I love that part of the game actually, which is like decisions actually matter. And sometimes when you have the humility to go to a thing that doesn't seem right, you get, you get something that triggers a domino. And sometimes when you go to something, you're like, I, I mean, I remember sitting down, there's one meeting I remember very vividly with Howard Schultz. I had a meeting with Howard Schultz to kind of just, I was getting hot, getting in this, you know, and like I got connected. I remember sitting four minutes before it. I'm like, I'm about to walk in here and I'm about to blow this dude's face off and it's gonna be a fucking foundational thing. I walked in, we had a 15 minute meeting, 20 minute meeting and nothing's happened. And I didn't feel like I had an off day. I felt like I gave it, but it didn't click. Whereas when when I went to go see Jimmy Iovine, uh, for this meeting, I'm like, I'm gonna go blow his face off. Within three minutes, he's like, you're next Simon Cowell. And he casted me in the Apple show, Planet of the Apps with Will I Am, Gwyneth Paltrow, and Jessica Alba. And if that show actually got seen, unfortunately it was before all the OTT stuff and the way TV, like that would have been white. And that would have been one of the moments. So, you know, the reality is, is that, wow. Wow. you know, like I love that kind of shit. And then I love, I'm trying to think of like something good where like, who'd I meet randomly? Like, I'm trying to think of a real logical thing. Well, you know, I, I took a meeting with the Jets president at a bagel store because he wanted to sell me a skybox. I told him about where the world was going. We became great friends. That's Matt Higgins, who's on Shark Tank, who's Steve Ross's mm-hmm. right hand. There, That led to him leaving the Jets years later, going to Steve Ross and Dolphins. That became the gentleman who bought a piece of my company. And like that became, that bagel meeting became monster meeting for me. And I didn't know who Matt Higgins was going into it. So I, 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 I love chance. I love momentum, and I love what starts momentum. That's where I just took this. Yeah. I agree more than any, to remind everybody right now: say yes. You know, one thing that I hate about people that haven't achieved anything, and people that have achieved everything, they overvalue their time, and it's a tricky one. If you haven't gotten there yet, what's your people are like, Gary? I'm not doing that pro bono work. I should be compensated. I'm like, bro, your work your work's worth nothing. Like, there's seven hundred thousand video makers. Yeah. That I can that I can tweet right now, like sorry, like like when your work's not worth anything, like when no humility, and then and then on the, and then again no humility. When people get fancy, they don't take. I take so many small meetings. I do so many things like tea with Gary B in the morning during this COVID crisis to like just help. And once every eight thousand times, it helps me. Right, right, right. I'm exactly the same way. Brother, it's like, I had no idea we were going to go to these roads, and I'm really glad that we did. Let me get a couple more things from you because we're both yeah, let's mix it up. ranking today. Um, you've made really good calls. So when you dumped your money into Twitter or Facebook, what do you see now? So if there's entrepreneurs out there, there's trends. And by the way, I don't think it's going to be a successful entrepreneur. Well, I'm ready to go. Voice and text. Elaborate. Text. What do you mean? Everybody who's listening should have a text service. Text converts better than email and better than social media. Mm-hmm. Um, Number two, voice. I think Alexa and podcasts and Google Home, have this, this I see four to eight years out. Text I see 18 months out. Those are two things I'm obsessed with. Okay, so everybody's got that, right? You just heard it from him. By the way, there's gonna be some beep video in about eight years where we replay this back and he's on stage talking about voice and text and the whole thing's done, I guarantee you. 
I love that stuff. Like, I love it. And we're going to both look at each other and be like, damn, we look so good back then. Cause we're like, <laughs> Dude, I'm, but, yeah. I'm hanging on. You're doing, bro, yeah. you look like a fucking beat. I, I want to see you in the fucking squared circle. Like, I think uh, you need to keep going with your momentum and end up in a WrestleMania in a couple yeah, of years. Me and Batista. You just took it from me. <laughs> I knew where you were going. Trust I know. You, I'm sure you so, get it. So a couple of things really quick. Yes. I'm interested to know. I'm, I'm really interested about this too because it's, it's stuff that I know a lot of people would want to know as well. I don't post in my social media almost ever about my family. Yet, right. yet, yet people seem to feel like more than most people, they know who I am. And then Gary Vee almost never or never does it. But like, I think your audience, people feel like they know who you are. Is there, exactly, yeah. what, what I, is it about the way you create content or is that, is that strategic? Is there no, I think, I think in my, I think I'm just speaking the truth in the narrow lanes that I talk about and I'm very comfortable in my own skin and I'm very good being me because I'm comfortable. I think if you have confidence and you know what you're talking about, and you don't have hidden agendas, you can really build something special. What did you believe 10 years ago that you thought was definitely true about life or business that you now know you were wrong about? That's a great question. 10 years ago, 34, what did I believe that, um, God, there's definitely stuff. Um, let me tell you why I'm pausing, and I, I already am mad at myself because I think it, it, I don't want it to come across as lack of humility of like saying wrong. Mm -hmm. I'm very scared how one dimensional and narrow and deep I am. Meaning at 13 or 14, a lot of these things became clear to me or conscious to me and almost nothing's changed. Like uh, I knew that work-life balance was gonna be tricky as fuck because I was too passionate and I was a man of the world and that's been true. You know, like I'm not gonna sit here and say, oh, fucking, you know, I didn't realize that I'd be so busy and like struggle with not wanting to miss stuff, but having to make choices and having the strength to make choices both for family or business yeah. and not overjudging myself. I already fucking knew that then. Yes, but um, identical for me, identical. I, so, it's, people ask me, what's, if, there's a, if there's a hole you wish you were better at or a flaw for you business or life-wise, it's what you just described. Is yeah, that and, and honestly, I don't judge myself. Like, I'm prepared for my children to say they wish I was around more. Mm. And I'm also, but I'm also prepared for them to show me that I showed them a life of doing what you love, so I taught them how to live. And that doesn't mean about money. And if they go in nonprofit politics, sell, serving the public, whatever they may do, business, like, like I, I think lead by example matters. Yeah. So you know, and, and I think I got lucky that technology makes me connected more than ever. Um, and I can physically be there way, way, way more than my father was. So like, you know, like I, I, I think everyone's different. And I think you don't know. You have children that, I'm, this woman in the Philippines, I was at a conference, said something that blew my face off, which was like, she's like, you know, I used to resent my mother because she was like a judge and she worked her face off. And she's like, but then like when I got older, like it's become the foundation of my happiness. She showed me I could be independent and have a child and I love her. And it spoke to me because the reason I don't fear working so much and potentially missing stuff when I'm 10,000 X more involved than my dad was is because my dad is one of the loves of my life. Yeah. We have a tremendous relationship. On the flip side, I don't make the assumption that my kids are gonna see it the same way. So I'm mentally, mentally prepared for them to be disappointed. Wow, brother. Wow. And by the way, one will be and one won't be. That's so cl cliche, right? Like, and so like, I'm open to that. And I'm most open to adjusting. They're gonna now be 11 and eight this summer. Like, well, maybe things change. And then by the way, things change when they get older. All of a sudden, you know, 
The only thing I think about is sitting courtside at Nick games with my son two times a week when he's 14, a New York City kid, grab an Uber, meet me at the garden and fucking live life together. Yeah, yeah. You know, so like, and that wouldn't have happened. And not that you need courtside. Last row's great for me as well, back to the last story, but let's not get it twisted, especially where my life is. For my son at 13, when he's sitting there and Russell Westbrook comes over and gives him daps, he's gonna be fired the fuck up and it's fun. Now what I also have to do is make sure I don't buy him shit so they become spoiled as fuck so he realizes like, cool, you want Russell Westbrook to fist bump your son or daughter? Then you better fucking work. Absolutely. That's the nuance of doing what we do, by the way, are those two things. So last, I want to ask you last thing. I want to talk about all in before we conclude. You seem like the most certain dude any of us know. Just definitive. Like, I've already decided I'm going to have these things with my kids. I've already decided there's this balance. I've thought this through. I've got a plan. And I know humans are still humans. So do you ever have doubt about something you can execute, uh, doubt about a decision you've made? And if you do, yes. how do you turn that around quickly and give everybody advice? Because everyone listening to this suffers with some type of I, doubt. I don't have doubt in the things I talk about. So that, and I don't talk about things I don't know. I have doubt that if a world war broke out, that I would, have the, that I would be a frontline person. I wouldn't. I know it. <laughs> I'm just telling you, like it's it's such a non-manly thing to say. Like that sucked <laughs> saying out loud, but I just know that I wouldn't. I, awesome. I I just know I wouldn't. Now a fight, I would. I'm really good like that. Like a fight, I'm kind of like the like this. This is the truth, actually. I'm the second buddy that's gonna punch the other friend. Like you get in a fight, Ed. We're out. Somebody else. Somebody else is gonna be first. I'll be second behind the fucking. But I'll. But I won't. I won't run away from that because my brain doesn't think I would die. Got you. I, got I fear you. death enormously because you're right. I am certain, which leads to ungodly amounts of love for life. Hmm. I'm going to be my saddest and worst version at the end. I know it, Ed. I know it. At 97, if they're like, you got six months, I'm going to, I hope that I don't, but back to certainty, I think I'm going to struggle because I'd be like, fuck, 10 more. Why not? Hmm. I struggle to find people that love life more than me. I love it. The good and the bad. I'm willing to go to zero. Ed, when I fucking tell you the thought of losing it all, having unlimited fucking people shit on me with all my content, making joke videos of split screen of like, I'm so great, and now and the headline of like, Gary Vee loses it all. Sitting in my fucking studio apartment by myself in fucking Queens where it all started and looking at and reading it all that I was actually fake the whole time, that I fucking, see, I, I knew it, all that stuff. That weirdly excites the fuck out of me. Because, because A, it's never gonna happen because I'm kind of one of these like put a million dollars in cash and bury it in the ground, you know, and that's a lot, a lot of money and if I have to go to that humble place, I'll give me that starting point, I'll get right back. B, I don't do the things that would lose all my wealth, I don't risk things like that, that's stupid. But, but if I would, it's really fucking cool to know that I would come back and fucking stick it in everybody's fucking face, bro. Right? That's and I would find every one of them and be like, like, I just know who I am. I'm just fucking, I'm from the dirt. I fucking have the humility. I have the confidence. I have the ability. I've been given it. I've been given it and I know how I roll. And it fucking feels amazing. And I just want to do it as long as I can because the legacy is intoxicating and I'm for it. I am. That's what I'm for. 
Bro, thank you. I uh, I knew you'd be open today, but that's pretty cool stuff you just said right there. That's pretty cool, man. That was yeah. You know what? I've never listen. You've done a good job. You're, you're good at this. Like I've <laughs> never ever in the history of my life, even privately, said that I hate that I know that I can't be the first person in the front lines of a war because I admire it so much. Mm-hmm. Me too. So do I. And the other thing that you said I love is that you love your life, brother, so much that you're willing to say these last six months, 50 years from now may not be real pretty because you're going to want another 10 years on the ride. Yeah. And, I- and, 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 and by the way, that's also why I don't do extreme stuff. Like I don't race fast cars or like jump out of planes. It is the fear of like, I don't, I don't get a high from it. Yeah. Thus, what the fuck am I doing? Even if it's 0.01%. And I understand you could have a heart attack. You could have, can't, like that all makes sense. But, but for me, putting myself in a 0.01% chance isn't worth it if I don't get a high from it. Me too. Brother, I won't take my kids zip lining. I won't yeah, even I, do that. I won't even do it. So I'm, we're very similar on that. My high is my own life and winning and serving yes. people and making a difference, not jumping out of a, a, a plane. So 100%. speaking of that, we started yes. in one place and I want to finish there. Let's do it. I think you love your life so much because your life's not about you. And yeah, I, I think, think that's right. I think there's this energy of giving and growing. My, my, my selfishness is my selflessness. That's where I want to go. So when we started off camera, you said that to me. Please make that point and then remind them about All In. Look, I, I think that, you know, you know, giving is intoxicating once you get into it, but you can't give if you're not in a place of giving. And that doesn't mean money. That means happiness. And, I, you know, I think, I think Ed, you, me, others, I'm really, really excited. I think the alpha male winner is starting to evolve. I don't think it means being a pushover, like some people get concerned that our culture is getting too woke on that. I think it means rounded. In that, like, I, I, want, I want people to feel comfortable in, those, in their selfishness. Mm. I love saying, I'll do it right now. I want everybody to sign up for winetext.com if you buy wine. Now, that's my dad's business, but that, that is like my family business. So I want people to promote their thing. I wanted people to buy K-Swiss. I want them to buy Empathy Wines. I want them to go to VaynerMedia and VaynerX.com and work with my companies. I want that. There's nothing wrong with that. Mm. Um, and I don't want people to disguise, like, you know, like, you know what happens. You get into this gratitude guilt frame where when you're saying something, you hedge it with like, but it's altruistic. I'm like, you can have both. You can be altruistic and give and be awesome and be selfish and have a boat and a house and fucking millions of dollars. Like, it's all good. And by the way, you can also do whatever the fuck you want. But like, but there is no balance conversation right now. It's almost like you have to be foofy, foofy, give away everything or completely rogue, I'm all about me. And the reality is everybody's in between. And I wanna be great at both, right? Like, like, like bleeding out of my eyeballs till three in the morning this whole week every day and being exhausted, but knowing that I'm one of the three energies, there's five energies, Alan Tish, you know, Michael Rubin, the founder of it, and me, and then Fanatics' company and VaynerMedia's company, they're working right this second, um, that have helped in five days to raise $10 million that's gonna feed some kid in Mississippi, some elderly woman in Westchester, like, like eat, to fucking eat. Not to mention all the happiness that comes when you're the person that wins the fucking speaking role in Leo, and you're just a normal person, and for months, you and your friends are just happy every day talking about it. Yeah. 83 people in your world, they, like, there's so much good that can be done, both selfless and selfish. I'm like sitting here, I just said it, right before this. 
I'm here to make a connection with somebody I know, to promote allinchallenge.com. Please go donate some way, some shape, 10 bucks minimum. And, and oh, the Gary Vee experience, by the way, is gnarly. It's like, what I did was nuts. Like, what is go, it? I mean, it's so much. Uh, $25,000 shopping spree at my dad's store at Wine Library. Uh, go to a tailgate with me and then watch a Jets game with me. But I won't talk to you during the Jets game because I'm crazy. Uh, go garage, it's the ultimate me. Go garage sailing with me and do a trash talk episode. Uh, wine dinner for you and Teddy, your friends. I'll fly you to three of my keynotes. You'll be in the green room and sit front row of all of those keynotes. Spend a week at VaynerMedia with me and Team Gary Vee to build your business. There's a couple other things. So, Bro, it's awesome. Real good one. So everybody who liked this or has always liked me or has decided they like me now or even if you hate me, just go to hallinchallenge.com and support because it's good. But, but I, I really want to end with this. Be happy. And you need to define happiness for yourself. It's not me. It's not Ed. It's not anybody else. But know this. Most of you are living based on somebody else's opinion. Your mom, your dad, your girl, your guy, uh, the anonymous comments on your post. How many people are still posting sexy pictures because that gets more likes, but they've already evolved into having expertise around something else, but they still have to show abs and muscles and tits and ass for validation? Fuck that. Let's get out of this insecure high school shit once and for all. Bro, that's the, that could be the gift of this time. And if people like you, myself, continue to message this during this time, I just I feel like consciousness is changing a little bit, brother. It, and, it, it, by the way, it 100% is. Just like I'm good at Facebook and tw- Twitter, I've always believed what I thought. Two years ago, me talking about you know, self-esteem and kindness and empathy from an alpha place, that, wasn't, that was me knowing the time was up. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. It just got time. It just got time. Listen, and there's a time for fun. I, I may raz Lambos and baby giraffes and things of that nature, and there's a time for that too. It just became all that. You're right, and brother. I, and, I, and I started watching kids in their 20s only aspire to do that. And then I started looking at drug culture, being inappropriate with women culture, uh, stealing and cheating culture, whack fake entrepreneurship culture. And I just started saying, okay, we're about to raise an entire generation of dudes that are fucking dick faces. And I was like, fuck it. I can do it. And as soon as I start doing it, the other 87 fucking alphas who know it's right too, especially when they see me explode, which is exactly how it fucking works. And all of a sudden, fucking, like it just started becoming the thing and it's amazing. And it fucking, it will be my greatest legacy. I know right this minute that when I go into the fucking ground right before it, I'm gonna be like, and then there was that chapter where I fucking reframed alpha males and it's the biggest fucking thing I can do. Brother, I love getting to know you better today. This is, let me tell you what's cool. I've admired you. Uh, obviously, like I've told you, all of your giftedness. Um, but I wanted you to be this guy. This is who I wanted. I, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, you never. No, no, you never know until you really go there. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And we yeah, both. Yeah, know. We're like, ah, oh, man. Or or when you meet, you're like, hundred oh, percent. Oh, by the way, going through this all in challenges, I know it's gotten me a little bit more into Hollywood culture because I'm just handholding a lot of these things. It's devastating when some people in popular culture are considered like kind and super sweet and are like mean to their teams. It yeah. breaks my soul. I know, me too, brother. It breaks my fucking soul. Yeah, me too. And what I got out of today, everybody, I know you did too. I got that you're even more of a giver and more kind than I knew. Obviously, your articulation is unreal, but I love the way you articulate the work, the stuff, what really matters. It was it was all of what I was hoping for. So, brother, I'm glad we made this connection. Looking we, forward we to it, Jamie. years. And I feel like it's probably the beginning of something really special for you. I can't wait, man. I can't wait. We'll definitely chop, brother. Hey, everybody. I want to remind you about the Max Out 2-Minute Drill because I want to engage with you more. And I want to get you recognition as well. So every day I post at the same time, 730 Pacific, 1030 Eastern. 
So turn your notifications on and make a comment in the first two minutes. If you do that, you qualify to win. You can win a trip on my jet, coaching calls with me, coaching calls with my guests, max out gear, tickets to see me speak, copy of my book, all kinds of cool stuff. Three ways to win. Make a comment in the first two minutes when I post. Reply to other people's comments. That increases your chance of winning. And if you miss the first two minutes, just make a comment on every post I make all week, Monday through Friday. And we pick winners who just comment on every post. So go ahead and engage with me. Turn your notifications on. Follow me on Instagram. And I look forward to connecting with you. Thank you so much. Thanks for everybody listening. God bless you guys. Take care. Okay. See you, brother. This is The Ed Milet Show.